and welcome to Bariatric Care, the podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Connie Stapleton. This is episode 67. Registered Dietitian Taylor educates us about sugar and sugar substitutes. So what's the truth about sugar? How much is it okay for you to have in a day's time? And what about all those sugar substitutes? Are some of them better for you than others? Or are all of them okay? Or maybe they're all bad. Oh yeah, and then there are those things called sugar alcohols. What's up with them? Listen in and get the scientific facts from Taylor. And be sure to share this information with your friends. Encourage them to listen to Berry Aftercare, the podcast, and for additional information, to include a worksheet Taylor created on this topic, join the Berry Aftercare program by going to www.berryaftercare.com. Thanks. Let's get started. Right. Hey everyone, welcome back to nutrition series videos from Berry Aftercare. Um, my name is Taylor. I'm a registered dietitian and here to continue our nutrition video series. All right. Um, today we're going to be doing a deep dive into sugar, all things sugar, sugar substitutes, just like a, a real deep dive. All right. Um, the last nutrition video that we did was mostly based on carbohydrates. So if you tuned in for that, thanks. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, but today, since we went through carbohydrates, where they come from, where we can find them in our foods. Um, I really want to talk about a subset of categories of carbohydrates, which is sugar, right? Um, it is a hot, hot topic, right? I'm sure you guys have all heard about um, sugar this, sugar that, you know, it's horrible, it's wonderful, you know, all these kind of different things about sugar. And so I really want to give it a full video session itself, all right? Um, sugar itself has been branded and rebranded in so many different ways. Um, and so again, the reason for this video and my goal with today is to break down the facts, right? the real scientific facts about sugar itself. Some information today might be kind of surprising, right? Hopefully it's educational, but definitely some, some uh, kind of surprising. Um, hopefully some of it sounds kind of familiar to some things that you've heard or read online. Um, but honestly, some people might find it to be a little bit upsetting, right? Just because it goes against some of the ideas and agendas that you get to see online a lot in terms of social media and diet culture. So I just ask that you have an open mind and definitely kind of, um, you know, taking all this information so that way we can, you know, learn and be better able to make decisions for our bodies and our health, right? Because again, we're going to go based solely off effects. And from there, you can kind of incorporate into your lives as you and your healthcare professionals see fit. Okay. Um, so again, we're going to start from the basics, kind of cover a little bit of the information that we talked about last time. So with sugar, it is a form of carbohydrate. Sugar itself is a simple carbohydrate. So when I say simple, I mean that the structure of the molecule is very simple and plain. So it's e very easy for your body to break it down. Um, when foods and nutrients are broken down in our bodies, your body can either use those nutrients or calories, of course, for energy purposes, like exercising or brain function or keeping your heart and lungs functioning, right? Things like that. Or it can be used um, for storage energy where it's kind of packed on as extra pounds onto our body um, so that, you know, your body can kind of store up energy in case it needs it. Um, and this is kind of what would happen if we have excess energy or excess calories coming into our body that we don't need. So it goes into storage space for when we do need it, right? Um, so again, since search, since, excuse me, sugar is very quickly broken down in our bodies, um, our bodies have to use it more quickly um, or it will be quickly stored. So 
Since it is such a quick turnaround time of sugar in our bodies, it's one of the big reasons why sugar is a part of the diet we need to be careful with. Because again, unless we're going to use those calories and energy for exercising, movement, um, need a boost of energy, whatever it is, um, they will go quickly into storage weight, right? It's one of those options and it happens fast. So that's why we have to be careful with sugars. Um, if, again, we have a lot of sugar going into storage weight, it can lead to weight gain. Um, over time, it can lead to insulin resistance, which can lead to diabetes, inflammation in our body in general, and many other disease states from there, right? So it can kind of have this really trickle effect just from sugar itself. Um, again, though, this does not mean that sugar is the worst at all. Like, I don't want that to be how you come off um, from this video, but it is something that I really would like for you to make sure that you are keeping an eye on, right? And aware of how much sugar you're intaking to make sure you have a good balance in our diet overall. Okay. Um, so not only does sugar, of course, have negative effects on our body, right? We said how it digests, how it breaks down, it's a simple carbohydrate, but it also can actually affect our brains, right? So um, sugar is a very, very common part of um, the typical American diet, and it's typically found in excess in the American diet. Um, I'm sure you can see in a lot of products that we eat, they are very sweet, um, they're processed, right? So a lot of sugar can go into those. So over time, um, again, as a society, we have indulged in more and more sweets. And so this has, of course, had an effect on our body and our brains. Um, and so in our brains, when we continuously do something, it kind of builds a pattern, right? So, um, for example, I'm sure you've heard some people talk about uh, having an addiction to sugar. When people say that, they're not wrong. They actually have some very good research supporting that sugar can create an, an addictive-like effect in our system. So, for example, when we eat sugar, right, there are chemicals and neurotransmitters in our brains like dopamine that are released um, and they affect our reward center. So the reward center in our brain is kind of like the part of our brain that tells us, oh, this is good. I want to keep doing it. Or, oh, this is bad. I'm going to stop doing it. Right. The reward center. And so it helps to control our learning over time, helps us to kind of pick out things again. They want to do more often because they make us feel good. Um, so when we experience these good things in our reward center, these things that kind of release these neurotransmitters or chemicals, um, we kind of experience like a high, right? So um, our brain tells us then we want to keep repeating that. I want to keep doing that. I want to keep eating that sugar because I'm getting this positive um, response in my brain. So we do it more and more and more in higher quantities. And so similarly to drugs and alcohol, when your body adapts and develops that tolerance to a higher level, your body is like, give me more, right? The, the levels increase. It's not just the frequency with how much sugar we eat, but it's the amount that we tend to eat that our, our body's asking for an increased amount, right? Um, in order to feel that same higher pleasure because that tolerance level has gone up. So we keep in taking more sugar, we continue to feel those positive feelings. And obviously during this time, like we talked about how your body physically uses it, we're probably gaining weight. We're probably having blood sugar control issues. But again, since our brain is kind of in this addictive state, it might not care, right? Our brain might say, well, you know what, we're having all these other kind of bad things going, but I'm feeling good. So I'm going to keep asking for sugar. And so it is very, it is a snowball that can snowball into a big dangerous avalanche, right? So we do have to be careful with the sugar um, in our bodies, not again, only for gaining weight, blood sugar controls, health related issues, but also because our brain will adapt to it um, and kind of can, it can ask for more and cause us to be in a really challenging position. All right. So just want to put that out there because I know people have mentioned sugar and food addiction before, of course, and this is definitely one part um, that plays a big role in that. So again, sugar is very common in the American diet. It is um, added to so many products. And so I think that's another really big reason why sugar is such a big part of our diet is because a lot of companies build it up in our food products without maybe 
knowing it, right? Because a lot of the packaged or processed foods that have extra sugar, it's either used for extra flavoring or sometimes like as a preservative purpose, right? Um, and again, we know why the excess sugar is undesirable. So how can we spot it? How can we find it? And can I keep this extra sugar um, limited? So I have some props with me today. It's very exciting. <laughs> um, I have a couple of food products that hopefully you've, um, are pretty common in a lot of households. Um, but um, the first product I have here is craisins. All right. So craisins are a really popular uh, snack. You add them to salads, add them to baked goods, right? So these are a lot of times found in a lot of uh, pantries. So um, I like to go over the front of the label first, right? So you see this in the grocery store and you see cranberries, right? So cranberries are a fruit. We're like, okay, cool. Fruit. Wonderful. Right. And let's see what else. So it is infused with cherry juice, right? So again, we're thinking, okay, infused with cherry juice, cherries, fruit. So that's okay. Um, and then we see here, no artificial flavors or preservatives. So we're looking at that and we're saying, okay, seems pretty great. Probably tastes really good. Let's bring it home. Before we do that, let's check the back of the label, of course. And so the back, we actually find the nutrition label and the actual information about the product, right? The front pretty brings us in the back gives us the facts, right? So um, we look at the nutrition label um, and here, obviously we're hoping that it just says cranberries, right? Cause that's what the top, that's what the front package said, right? So if we look here um, at the actual calorie nutrition information, um, it's gonna be kind of hard to see on the camera, but I will read it to you, of course. Um, here it says total sugars, 29 grams, includes 26 grams of added sugars. So. 26 grams of added sugars per serving, which is about a quarter cup serving size based on this label. That's a lot, all right? <laughs> um, and that's added, that's extra, right? They will, on the nutrition label, they will define um, regular sugar. So I'm gonna hold it up closer if you can kind of see, I'm trying to get the camera. Total sugars versus in added sugars, right? You can see that there's a difference in the bars there. So definitely with the added sugars, what we're trying to be careful of, because again, this is the extra that's added to the fruit already. So almost all the sugar is added. So we're thinking like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of sugar, right? Really just so you know, per day, we're aiming to, of course, to keep sugar, added sugar specifically as low as possible, but a realistic goal is to keep it to 20 to 25 grams or less per day. Um, and so again, one serving of this dried fruit, dried cranberries already blasts that 20, 25 grams goal out of the water, right? And again, we're trying to keep it even lower than that. So that's one way to check. The other thing you can look at is just simply the ingredients list, right? So with the ingredients list, again, I'll hold it up here as close as we can see. <laughs> uh, so first ingredient here is sugar. Second ingredient is cranberries. So they're literally telling you in this ingredients list that there is more sugar than cranberries. When you look at ingredients lists on packaged products, they are listed in order of um what's like, what is the greatest amount of product in there, right? So this means there's more sugar than the most, the most um, percentage wise ingredient here is going to be sugar. Then it'll be cranberries, then the cherry juice concentrate and the natural flavor. So again, good note to know about kind of reading the ingredients on the list um, and what they mean. So again, sugar is the first one here. So although it is packaged as a fruit, as um, a dried fruit, maybe again, a healthy salad topping, right? There's a lot of sugars here. Again, does this mean that you cannot buy these? No, obviously I purchased them, but it does mean that you need to be um, careful of how much you're using and really being aware of what's actually in your foods. All right, so that's number one. All right, so next um, example I have here is actually a product I've been hearing about a lot in my visits. Everybody's been telling me about seeing these on TikTok and um, uh, seeing them on like bariatric websites and stuff like that. So I have these liquid IV packets. All right. So these are little packets. Let me pull one open. Kind of like a crystal light packet or sugar-free water flavoring. They look like this. 
little tiny powder packets that you mix with your water. Okay. Um, again, these are marketed as being very healthy. Um, they're, they're supposed to boost your hydration. They have a lot of extra vitamins and electrolytes in them. So they are, um, they are packed with a lot of good stuff. That is, that is true. <laughs> um, and again, if we look at the baggie, right in general, right. We're looking at it and it looks pretty healthy, right? We're going to multiply our hydration. You mix it with water. Water is good for us, right? It's saying on the back, even it's got um, all these instructions on how to take it. It's talking about electrolytes, essential vitamins, more hydration. Again, all those kind of things we just talked about, right? So here we're thinking, again, a good addition to our day helps me stay hydrated, especially after bariatric surgeries where dehydration can be an issue. This is probably something I need, right? So, but let's look at the nitty gritty of it, right? We'll just kind of zoom in again. I'll do my best with this, sorry, um, with the sugar. So here you're going to see sugars are 11 grams. Right. So per packet here, you're already halfway to your maximum added sugar intake for the day. Now, we know these are added sugars because this is a powdered product. Right. There's nothing. There's no natural sugars in here because it's just a powdered mixed product. So they did not have to say added on here, but I think we know that it's added. The other thing, again, that we can check on is the ingredients list, as always. So if we zoom in again here, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to make sure that you guys can see this. So the first ingredient here is pure cane sugar. Then it's got all the different added vitamins and stuff like that. Number one ingredient, sugar, right? So again, just being aware, does this mean you cannot use these? No, not necessarily. But it does mean, again, that this has half the amount of extra sugar that we want in our day, if not less than that, right? Um, and so we just need to be careful with the packaging because it'll bring us in. It looks nice and healthy on the front, but on the back, when we're reading the ingredients and the actual nutrition facts about it, it tells us a little bit of a different story, okay? wonderful. So if you have those again in your pantry, they're great. <laughs> Just make sure that um, you do, are aware of the sugar in there. Okay. Um, and again, I'm just going to emphasize, this is not to say that either of these little cranberries or IV packets are bad um, or that you can never have them. It's just my intention is of course, to highlight that sugar hides in a lot of products um, that may not be advertised as unhealthy. Um, and so we have to just be very careful consumers, right? When we're purchasing and eating foods, because our choices, if they're not careful, can cause us to be damaging our health goals without realizing it and that's the scary part right it's like i think most people know that a cookie or ice crispy treat is going to have a lot of sugar on it but some of the things that are being marketed to us and out in our um, grocery stores also are damaging our health and we just don't realize it so good to be aware okay um and again i know that we talked about this in the previous um class but just to kind of differentiate because i know i've been highlighting added sugars added sugars are different from natural sugars because they are extra added to the product right they aren't they're not naturally occurring in that food with these craisins that I showed you, there's a little bit more total sugar than added sugar. And that's because craisins being a fruit have naturally occurring sugars in them. But of course, there's extra added. With the packet, again, there's nothing per se natural about it, right? It's a packet of powder. And so it's going to be added there as well. Um, but for example, right, um, we can take an actual apple. I know you all know what an apple looks like, but I love my apple. So I just want to have one here <laughs> for a, a um, medium size unpeeled apple. This is going to have about 10 grams of sugar in it, but it's not added because this grew from the ground with all the sugar it already has in there. The benefit to foods with more natural sugar than added sugar is because in this apple, you're also going to get a lot of fiber, three grams of fiber, um, which if we look back at our drink packet, um, I'm just going to hold it here for a second. It has zero grams. So I'm going to try to zoom in on this. So if you look at the fiber right above sugar, um, it has zero grams of fiber, right? And totally just extra added sugar. This has some natural sugars, but it also has some fibers and vitamins here and here naturally because it grew with it. So again, it's just one example of the difference between added and natural sugars and why one would be considered better because it comes with better stuff in it. That makes sense.
Okay. Um, perfect. So got all my fun toys out of the way. <laughs> um, and so, you know, if we know now that excess sugar is not great for us and we know that it creates an, an addictive like experience in our brains, how do we avoid it? Right. How do we actually put this into practice? So for starters, purchase less packaged foods and read your labels on the ingredients list as we just discussed. Right. I do not want to discredit packaged foods. Packaged foods are a wonderful resource. Um, you know, science has allowed us to create shelf-stable products, but it does again come with um, the the extra task of making sure that there's not extra stuff in there that we don't want. Okay. Um, one other special thing about um, labels is that sugar can come in many different forms in our food products, especially packaged things. So some big keywords to look out for on your packages that mean sugar, but it may have different words are sugar pure cane sugar, um, sucrose, dextrose, corn syrup, cane syrup, honey, maple syrup, coconut sugar. All those words I just said all essentially mean sugar. Okay. <laughs> um, so kind of log those words again in the back of your mind. I'll repeat them. So sugar, pure cane sugar, sucrose, dextrose, corn syrup, or high fructose corn syrup cane syrup, honey, maple syrup, and coconut sugar. Okay. Um, these are all forms of added sugar, especially if you've seen them on the ingredients list. Um, the last couple, I know I kind of go through them slowly because honey, maple syrup, and coconut sugar, these are kind of the parts that might be a little bit upsetting to some people, um, um, are typically um, thought of as healthy options, right? There's a big misconception that since they Honey comes from bees, which is a natural source. And maple syrup comes from trees, which is a natural thing. And coconut sugar comes from coconuts, right? They're a natural fruit. That these sugars or these sweeteners are healthier. But truthfully, from a nutrition standpoint, they're the exact same as regular granulated sugar you find in a big bag, right? Um, nutritionally, the way your body uses them is the same. There is, there is though some truth that these three sweeteners, the honey, maple syrup, and coconut sugar do have some extra antioxidants in them. So in that aspect, they may be considered a better choice. But again, just to compare calories for calories and how your body's going to use them, it's going to be the same as regular sugar. Okay. And when these products are added to your coffee or added to your hot tea or added to a product and it's in a package, it becomes added sugar in your diet similar to, you know, again, what granulated sugar would look like in a cookie kind of thing. Okay. So just be aware of that. Again, it's not making bad choices. It just means that we need to be counting them in a certain way to help our health. Okay. Um, so again, back to kind of, I know I took a little bit of a tangent, but back to the original question, how do we avoid these products? So like we said, number one, um, avoid using so much packaged product and read our labels, right? Um, like I mentioned, packaging has a lot of benefits, but they do tend to contain more sugar, those food products. So reading the labels and making sure you're not accidentally intaking excessive large amounts of sugar from packaged product is um, super important. Okay. Um, similar kind of in the category of packaged product kind of is eating out. Um, so when you go out to eat restaurants, fast food places, a lot of their sauces and seasonings and rubs they put on their meats and, and, and foods um, or dishes in general and desserts have a lot more sugar in them than you may realize just because of course, restaurants and, and, um, food companies are trying to make it taste really good, right? So they'll add extra stuff to it. So again, eating at home as much as possible will help to reduce that excess sugar intake from eating out just simply based on the fact that you'll be able to control everything that goes in there, right? Um, and so again, if you're eating out, a little good tip is to order sauces on the side, try to get um, things that don't say, you know, um, like a 
brown sugar glaze, right? It says sugar right there in the name um, and to again, avoid kind of extra desserts or um, again, sweet and sour things, right? Anything that has that sweet kind of component to it, it's going to have a lot of sugar in it. So sauce on the side, but of course, try to cook mostly from home if you can. Um, and last, a really, really big option that we haven't touched on, but we're going to dive into right now is looking at alternatives, right? Sugar-free substitutes and sweetener options. So things that still taste sweet, but um, are not actual sugar, typically don't have any calories. Okay, so hopefully that sugar review is great. And we're talking about, again, regular sugar, normal sugar. Now we're going to dive into sugar substitutes. So um, number one, before we discuss what these are, because uh, we're going to go into each of them individually, I want to address the safety with these, right? Because this is probably the biggest reason that people will tune out of this part of the conversation or um, feel uneasy going forward. So before we discuss what the sweeteners are, Let's look at the safety of them. So there's a lot of concern that sugar-free substitutes, Splenda, Aspartame, or Equal, Stevia, you know what I'm talking about, right, are super unhealthy for you and they're worse than regular sugar um, because they're chemicals and they can cause cancer or damage to our bodies. You know, there's, there's all these misconceptions. These have been studied for a long time, and I'm here to tell you that this is not actually the case, all right? Um, sugar-free substitutes um, made their debut in the food world in 1879. Now, not all, not, all, not all old things are good things, right? But I, the reason I put that 1879 date on there is because since that day, and even before then, they have been constantly studied and reviewed, just as any food product is on the shelves. So when it's made available to the public, you know, the, the, the governing bodies of food have to make sure that it's very safe for the public, because if this public in ingests this and starts developing cancer and all these issues, they're going to be held accountable. It's going to be not, it's going to be a hot mess, right? <laughs> um, and so these products have a lot of research and time that goes into them, a lot of human trials and animal trials and, and you know, of course, things like that. Um, but since that time, again, the research and the studies and the scientists have come to find that these products are recognized as safe in controlled amounts. There are six fully approved artificial sweeteners, um, in addition to stevia and monk fruit, um, that are recognized um, by the FDA as safe at controlled levels. Um, so the six fully um, approved artificial sweeteners are different from the stevia and monk fruit. So if you Google this, if you look into it, um, Stevia and monk fruit are considered are considered, excuse me, novel sweeteners since they do come from a plant source. Whereas like Splenda, again, equal aspartame, those products are are they are made in a lab. So those are again considered artificial sweeteners. And stevia and monk fruit considered novel sweeteners. But again, for the sake of ease, they're all sugar-free substitutes. Okay. And again, these are all recognized as safe at controlled levels. And they are doing continuous research on these to ensure that they are completely safe before approving them. And then once they're in the market, they're still checking on them to make sure that, you know, as we as our technology and um, knowledge advances that we're continuing to provide the best information. So um, as an example, right, of these controlled levels, like what does controlled level mean? Um, a controlled amount of Splenda or sucralose, right, the little yellow packets um, is 23 packets a day. 23 packets. Okay. So two, three packets. <laughs> um, I'm talking about like little yellow packets that you see on the tables at the restaurants. So you would need to have 23 of those packets every day before you reach a level that may be considered unsafe by the FDA. Okay. Again, this is not mean I'm encouraging you to have as many of these sugar-free packets as possible. I'm just giving you these numbers so that way hopefully you feel a bit safer and using a couple packets a day or using them to replace your regular sugar on the table. 
All right. Um, we can, they are considered safe to use in moderation to help get that taste of sugar without the extra calories or negative health impacts um, that regular sugar can cause. Okay. Um, apart from the FDA, right, the research consensus from scientific bodies um, is that sugar-free substitutes can help with weight loss when used to replace sugary foods in the diet. So again, FDA approval just means that technically it's safe. But when I see, when I, I'm talking about like, um, like the research consensus from scientific bodies, I'm talking about like um, nutrition recommendations from doctors and, and um, research companies that again focus on the health and, and um, wellness of human bodies. So they are recognized that sugar-free substitutes can help with weight loss when they're used to replace sugary foods in the diet. So again, not advertising to just add them in there for the heck of adding them in there, but as a replacement for regular sugary foods in the diet. They can help with diet compliance also because it helps with giving you some kind of sweet flavor instead of asking somebody to completely cut out all sweetness of their diet because that's not realistic for a lot of us, me included. Um, and so it can help with diet compliance, compliance which helps you to stick to your plan and continue your, your health progress. Um, and again, the general consensus is that it does not increase sugar, sugar cravings. So um, again, if used in moderation. So that sometimes is a big concern that, you know, these sweeteners can be 600 times as sweet as sugar, right? So super, super concentrated sweetness. And so we don't want to use them in excess either, right? Nothing in excess is really great. But just because these have no calories doesn't mean we should be piling it into our coffees and into our desserts. Um, it's because our body, our mouths, our taste buds can get used to having the sweet stuff all the time. And so we don't want to cause that to happen. Again, the research has shown that that's not, um, you know, again, technically a result. There's no real sugar cravings that can happen from it, but it is, you know, a replacement. It should not be used um, as an extra in a healthy diet and they can be can be helpful. Okay. Um, so hopefully that helps again, we feel a little bit more comfortable with them. Um, and to list some of the popular artificial sweeteners, just to kind of throw some of those names out there that you might see on packaged products or again, on the tables at, um, restaurants, um, Splenda, um, which is again, sucralose aspartame or equal. So equal, I think it's the um, little blue packets, right? Is technically aspartame, um, saccharin or sweet and low the little pink packets is saccharin or again, the name brand sweet and low and ACE K, which is a lot of times found, um, in, um, like, um, uh, what's it called? Cook, like, uh, zero soda sugars or zero sugar sodas, <laughs> um, is ACE K. You'll see that on the back of the label. Um, and the name brand is sweet one. If you've seen that out there. Okay. Again, those are just common names that you can kind of start, you know, getting that trig in your mind of like, oh, I see saccharin. You know, what is that? It is a sugar substitute. Okay. Um, so novel sweeteners, again, to kind of go back to those, um, like I said, just another category of sugar-free substitutes are the stevia and monk fruit. Again, categorized as novel because they're not considered artificial because they are derived from a natural source. Stevia coming from the stevia leaf and monk fruit coming from a monk fruit. Okay. <laughs> um, if you have a favorite of any of these, right? Stevia, monk fruit, any of the other artificial sweeteners I mentioned, whether it's for taste or because, um, you know, because each, you know, uh, different sugar has a different flavor to it or a preference from where they're sourced. If you really want to stick with the most natural products, you can, um, if you have a favorite, you can always check the FDA website for the amount that is considered the acceptable daily intake level of that sugar sweetener or sugar-free substitute sweetener to make sure you're staying within controlled ranges. So again, if you just go to FDA.com and search the sugar-free substitutes, it'll come up with a nice chart that has exactly um, how much is the recommended level um, minimum or excuse me, maximum <laughs> per day of these sugar substitutes. Like I mentioned again for Splenda, the 23 packets, and that's again just listed right on the FDA website. Okay. Um, and so 
Apart from those typical sweeteners, right? Another category um, of sugar-free substitutes is, is sugar alcohol. So I also, again, definitely want to talk about these. So we did artificial sweeteners being the ones that are more chemically made. Um, the novel sweeteners, which is Stevia and Splenda, still, artif- you know, still kind of artificial, but they're manufactured from natural sources. And then last, we have these sugar alcohols, right? And these um, have become a lot more popular recent in the recent years, um, especially on low-carb diets. Um, um, and as those have been making kind of a bigger comeback, these sugar alcohols have been like the thing to go to, okay? So sugar alcohols, just so you know what they are, are, cu- are carbohydrates that occur naturally in some fruits and vegetables. So they can be extracted from fruits and vegetables or they can be manufactured in a lab. So it kind of comes from both spots. Um, they have the same sweetness level as sugar, whereas like I said earlier, artificial sweeteners are like 600 times sweeter sometimes. So these have the sugar alcohols have the same sugar, um, same level of sweetness as regular sugar. So they can be used on a more interchangeable level, like a one-to-one level. Um, some common names of sugar alcohols that you might have seen on labels or out there, erythritol, xylitol, mannitol, zorbitol. All of these you'll end, you'll notice kind of end with all the, the OL ending, which is a really easy way to um, identify these ingredients, the sugar alcohols on a, in an ingredients list. Okay. Another common name for these is Swerve. I'm not sure if you've seen that brand out there, but Swerve um, is a mixture of uh, sugar alcohols that you can use for baking. Um, and so Again, to kind of play off or to kind of go off of that, other than just being a good lower calorie alternative, sugar alcohols um, are great for baking, whereas some of the um, artificial sweeteners and stevia and things like that don't bake up as well because they have different properties. So um, uh, sugar sugar alcohols are actually a great option for that. Um, So if you're trying to make your baked goods sweet or make baked goods a little bit healthier, go from sugar to sugar alcohols. Okay. Um, And other than just being a, again, that good lower calorie sweetener, Sugar alcohols are very low on the glycemic index, which means that they have a very small or low impact on your blood sugars, which is great to know if you have diabetes or struggle with blood sugar levels, right? Um, sugar, regular sugar, of course, can cause that to have a big spike. These are quite special because, again, they have a little to no effect on your blood sugars, but they're kind of like a one-for-one exchange with sugar, okay? Um, so the negative side, though, of sugar alcohols, because it look at both sides, right? <laughs> um, is that they still do have some calories. So you need to be mindful of that. It's not, it's, it's, I think it's a half or less than regular sugar um, for the sugar alcohols, but there's still calories. Whereas the artificial sweeteners have zero calories in them. So just be careful of that. Um, but more than that, the biggest negative side effect of these sugar alcohols is that they can cause GI or stomach upset. Um, the sugar alcohols can ferment in your intestines and they can cause gas to build up. And sometimes due to this can cause like a laxative type effect in your body. So and this is a very individualistic kind of situation. So some people and have really bad gas um, reactions to sugar alcohols. Some people end up with loose stools. Again, that laxative type effect. Okay. Um, if your body can tolerate them, though, since they can f- have that ferment fermentation kind of process in your intestines, they can actually have like a prebiotic effect. So I know people talk about prebiotics and probiotics all the time. So with this prebiotic effect, it kind of creates an environment in your intestines that makes it more um more happy for healthy bacteria to make um, a home there and kind of help with your um your um uh, a microbiome your 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 uh, a flora in your intestines all that good bacteria that we want there to kind of keep us safe all right um but again just know that not everybody can tolerate these well. So if you do try a food product that has sugar alcohols on it and you do get get um, some stomach ups that have a lot of gas, it may be best for you particularly to stay away from this option. But again, if your friend had issues, it doesn't mean that you're going to have issues. So you can still give it a, sh- a shot and know that it's safe. Just kind of be aware of those symptoms that might kind of be a side effect if your body cannot tolerate them well. Okay. Um, so 
lots of fun information right <laughs> today. Um, sugar, uh, sugar alcohol, sugar substitutes, um, artificial sweeteners, all that kind of good stuff, right? Um, we talked about where to find sugars, um, their common names, um, why they're important to keep limiting our diet, particularly the added ones, right, for our brain and our physical body. Um, and, um, of course, like I said, the safety of sugar alternatives, how to use them, and where to find them more information. Again, check out the FDA website. It's a very great website. Um, and the recommended levels. So I hope with all of that. Again, I gave you a couple of recommendations, like with the 20 to 25 grams of added sugar per day limit. Um, but I hope with that, it kind of opens your eyes to a subject that is sometimes considered sort of taboo in the health world and helps you to kind of think about how you approach sugars and sweetness in your diet. Um, as always, please, please make sure you do discuss your specific dietary needs and restrictions with your registered dietitian um, or healthcare providers to make sure you are making healthy and safe choices for your body, right? But again, always remember to keep an open mind and a sharp eye on the food products out there because again, the more you know, the more freedom you have with your food. So it's just kind of a cool thing to, to learn about. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully it was enjoyable. Um, I can't wait to see you um, for the next one. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Berry Aftercare, the podcast. The information shared on this podcast is considered psychoeducation and does not constitute therapy or a therapeutic relationship. Be sure to check out all the great information I provide, much of it free, by visiting my website at www.conniestapletonphd.com. Be sure to leave your positive comments for this podcast and listen in next week to learn more ways to live your best post-op life.